coming up on this week's episode of News of the Week for episode 344 of the YLP Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen of the YLP realm, welcome to SummerSlam weekend and unfortunately this is the last week of celebration for the four year anniversary of the YLP Podcast but we're going to be going out with a bang because we're going to be talking about, of course, the first Premium live event without Vince McMahon at the helm in 30 fucking years. And I, for one, am quite excited to see what this new regime is going to be doing for tonight's Summer Slam event. But, of course, before we get on to the fun stuff with the preview and predictions for tonight's Summer Slam, we, of course, have some news of the week. But what are we going to be talking about this week? Mr. YLP himself. Well, I'm glad you asked because um, apparently federal investigators are probing WWE hush money payments made by Vincent Kennedy McMahon. We're going to be talking about that as the top story of this week. And apparently it wasn't just the hush money payments that he made to female employees. There was more that we may not know about. We're going to be discussing about that. Also, big news came out in the beginning of this week. And this was the news, honestly, that a lot of people were honestly waiting for. Besides the fact that last Friday, Vince McMahon retired from WWE, a day we never thought would come. Triple H is now the head of WWE Creative. We're going to be talking about that and what that means for WWE going forward. Also, WrestleMania 40's location has been announced more than likely, you've already known about it, and depending on the area it's in, I'm sure y'all are happy to a motherfucker to actually get this in your area. We're going to be talking about where it is, what I think about it, what that means for WrestleMania 40 going forward. Am I happy about it? Am I sad about it? We're going to be talking about it, all, and you know, all that fun stuff in between. All that and more on this week's episode of the podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, please sit back. Relax, get your comfortable, wonderful position, and enjoy yourself with a wonderful beverage because we are closing out July the proper way, the YLP way, because ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 344 of the YLP podcast. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. Zach from the Wrestling Delicious Podcast here, and welcome to episode 344 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this fine SummerSlam day. I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. It is Saturday, July 30th, 2022. SummerSlam Day has finally arrived. And we're closing out the month in proper YLP fashion. Final week of celebration for the four-year anniversary of the YLP podcast. We decided to keep the party going one more week. 
and figured we close out July properly the only way we fucking know how. Hope you guys have been having a fantastic day so far. Hope your week was actually productive, fruitful, kicked all kinds of ass. If you didn't, that's all right. We regroup and get our shit together and get into it the next week. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about today's episode of the podcast, do not hesitate. Hit your boy up with an email over perspective at gmail.com. Also, you can leave a voice message over on anchor.fm slash perspective. Excuse me. Over on anchor.fm slash WrestleAddict Radio. Over on BiggestPodcastSolutions.com. And everywhere else you can listen to podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was watching the Uncle Roger video uh, earlier uh, before I forgot in today's recording. So I'm in a uh, happy kind of mood. I was listening to some prof. Um, if y'all don't know about prof, get to know about prof. Prof is that dude. Hell of a good rapper from uh, the Minneapolis area, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. Um, I was also listening to some words are hard. I was listening to some pop smoke, get my mind right, get myself prepared for today because today is a big day. Um, this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first, well, technically second, um, but we ain't gonna do that. But this is technically the first episode where Vince McMahon officially is not at the helm. This is also the first Big Four premium live event. Without Vince McMahon at the helm. This is an interesting day. This has been an interesting week. A lot of, I've seen a lot of uh, positive um, on, you know, the, on my timeline, on my social media and all that stuff. I've seen a lot of positivity um, throughout with a lot of people um, being very, very happy with the fact that Vince McMahon is gone. Triple H now has creative control over the w, over WWE. The old guard is starting to be eradicated. We're going to be talking about that as well as, uh, well, today, uh, later on in today's program. As well as, of course, my SummerSlam preview and predictions. That should be a fun one. We got a little bit of news on that um, in regards to Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. So, I mean, we're going to have a lot of fun today. So, hope you guys are dressed in your finest as always. Got yourself a little drink in hand. I got me, of course, my cold brew uh, that Miss YLP made. It is absolutely fucking delicious. I put a little... uh. Uh, I know you know about those Nespresso uh, pods, those things. Have one of them in there. The coconut flavor mixed in with the salted caramel creamer. Bruh. Starbucks could have made this good. And it was for free. Ha! Suck it, Starbucks. Anyway. I'm going to piss off so many people today with some, with some shit. But then again, would it be an episode of the podcast without me talking some shit and being somewhat controversial for more than five seconds? Probably not. But. Enough about me. Obviously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk a little bit more because you know, you know, we don't talk all all week, you know. And I come on here once a week, and I you know talk to y'all, and we, you know, we was well, more of a one sided just monologue for a couple of hours. But hopefully, you guys don't mind that, as seen by the numbers, perfectly fine with me. But yeah, we had a I, I had a decent week, you know. Um, just did some things around the house, you know, doing a little yard work, all that stuff, getting getting the night, getting the YLP compound looking uh, much better. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. Day after day, and uh, we, we we dealt some storm. We dealt with some uh, storms this week. A little bit of rain action, all that good stuff. But nonetheless, a solid week and all that good stuff. But enough about me ranting. All right, enough about me rambling, talking, whatever it is I do. You didn't come here for that. You came here for the one thing I know y'all came here for, and that's of course, of course, a brand spanking new episode of News of the Week. The show that talks about all the news that's fit for me to talk about. And um, we got 
got some good. We got a good amount of news this week, especially that what came out from uh, last weekend. And uh, let's get right into the top story of this week, shall we? As we head over to WrestlingInc.com, because um, apparently there was a little bit more um, probing than uh, once actually thought. Y'all take y'all minds out of the gutter for more than five seconds. Y'all, are just, y'all, are just just take it out of this nasty. Well, you probably not. I don't care. Seeing a South Park episode where Cartman gets probed. Although, every time I see the word probing, I think of that episode. But that's either here nor there. Let's get into this week's top story. Federal investigators probing WWE hush money payments made by Vince McMahon. Again, WrestlingInc.com. This is from Ross Berman. Let's get into the news, shall we? It is no longer just the WWE board of directors looking into Vince McMahon's hush money payments to former female employees alleging abuse, misconduct, and harassment. According to a new Wall Street Journal report, federal prosecutors and the Securities and Exchange Commission are now looking into the payments made by former WWE chairman and CEO McMahon. Oh, chairman CEO. I saw. I forgot the period. Apparently, I forgot my English. McMahon announced his resignation to the surprise of many, with sources saying it was the federal investigation that hastened McMahon's decision to retire from all duties, corporate and creative. Earlier today, or should I say, when was this actually? 25th? That was uh, this past Monday. (laughs) Excuse me. An AK filing with the SEC mentioned that WWE may receive in the future, in the future, Regulatory, investigative, and enforcement inquiries, subpoenas, and or demands arising from, related to, or in connection with the recent revelation that WWE would have to amend their previous financial reports to include the $14.6 million paid by McMahon to their former employees. WWE noted in the filing that the payments should have been recorded as expenses even if McMahon paid the non-disclosure agreements and funded this $14.6 million personally, it was still to WWE's benefit and should be documented in the records. The Wall Street Journal report notes that WWE said McMahon has or will pay all $14.6 million personally, suggesting some payments have yet to be concluded. McMahon's net worth has increased by $144 million since news of his retirement broke, as WWE stock rallied behind the fact that McMahon was retiring, with many thinking it could mean a sale is on the horizon. Hi, uh, this sale shit again. Anywho, according to the Wall Street Journal, McMahon's behavior could put the company's relationships with advertisers and networks at risk, with WWE's current streaming deal with Hulu coming to an end later this year. McMahon's daughter, Stephanie, is currently sharing the CEO role with President Nick Khan, And according to the 8K filing, the WWE Board of Directors investigation is still ongoing while the federal investigation begins. Numerous law firms are also investigating WWE on behalf of shareholders over WWE's handling of the study. Um, So we're going to do a little bit of education today. I actually um, looked up what an 8K filing was because I, you know, I am one to want to learn things and know things, you know, and also as an invest, actually as, as an investor in the stock market, um, as uh, I thank my old company Lowe's um, for uh, putting me onto the uh, stock purchase plan for the company. Um, so an 8K filing, a Form 8K, is the current report companies must file with the SEC to announce major events that shareholders should know about. So basically, your anything, any major thing that happens, you know, something like, oh, I don't know, 14.6 million. Dollars 
being handed out like Halloween candy and shit. Um, of something of that nature. What they're saying is that should have been filed. That should that form should have been filled out. The SEC should have known about that because it is important to shareholders. Now, if you're a person uh, who does have uh, any amount of uh, stocks in the stock market, you would want to know. Uh, you know that companies file out AK forms um, when any company, you know, when anything, any major event that you as a shareholder should know about. Now, the main thing is um, here's here's the main thing about this. Companies who usually file at 8K, they have four business days to for, uh, to actually file that um, for anything that would trigger the filing requirement. So they a company. So something like what Vince McMahon is going through right now, WWE had four days after said things to actually put that out. Since the SEC is up their ass right now, apparently they didn't put that in the file. They didn't put that in an 8K filing form. So that means the SEC is going to be all over Vince McMahon's dick and not the way he thinks it's going to be. Pause. But <laughs> but this is actually a bigger deal because um, when we first, of course, and I'm actually going to have to make an apology on this on, on this podcast. Um, and, you know, as a person who stated from the beginning that I personally thought that this was going to be a full out nothing burger. Nothing was going to be found, and you know it was just going to go back to status quo. Vince McMahon would still be at the helm, and we would still have to deal with bullshit as we head now into SummerSlam. I apologize, wholeheartedly, to every single one of you because my prediction was way fucking off, and I was at the moment, in that moment, thinking, you know, the way corporate situations go, more often than not, the person being in, that's involved with the investigation, all this stuff, usually it ends in a nothing burger. Excuse me. So I was thinking of I was going off of past stuff, which usually we go off of in order to future, you know, find out future possible future trends and patterns and all that stuff with the data that's been given. Um, so I personally thought that this was actually going to end the same as it usually always does. So for that, my apologies go out to you, the listener, um, for me believing that it was going to end up being pretty much nothing and i'm man enough to actually do that i keep things transparent with y'all i keep it as authentic as we can make it here in the ylp podcast so for that 1-800 my bad um but getting back into what's going on with vince this is a big deal now because this is not just hush money payments this is this is basically wwe not uh making sure their uh you know paperwork was in order <clears throat> And that's a big fucking deal because if they, you know, the way it's supposed to go, it was still to their benefit to put it as documentation. I mean, that's not to say that they wouldn't have, but not doing it in a timely manner will, again, have the SEC all over your ass. Pause. Um, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal and a lot of big in a very bigger, much bigger deal than people really do expect it to be. And that goes out to all the WWE apologists. They can go fuck themselves because... Um, here's, I'm going to put it this way before I get back into, uh, this article real quick to every WWE apologist out there that, um, has been, uh, defending everything that Vince McMahon has done in terms of booking wise and shows and shit. You have nothing fucking else to apologize for. There's nothing to defend. It's over. Vince McMahon is gone. You're going to have to fucking deal with it. And if you don't like it, well, this ain't the space for you. All right. We're going to continue on now. So. Now, especially, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shit going on. I mean, even with, you know, 
the announcement of Vince McMahon's retirement and Vince McMahon retiring from WWE. Stock jumped up literally that same day, 10, damn near 10%. I believe it was 9.1% because I'm on Twitter sometimes and I actually saw that. So yeah, WWE stock went up 9.1% in one fucking day because Vince McMahon left. Now that's not to say that um, we'll continue on rising up and rising up. Um, it, it may or may not. But, um, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Altitude sucks. But seriously, this is a big fucking deal because if, the, if it is the case that, you know, he didn't put that on the form and all this shit, it's going to be a big problem for him. It's going to be an even bigger problem than we once thought in the beginning. Feel me? So, if it should have been recorded as expenses and it wasn't, it becomes an even bigger deal and a much more bigger pain in the ass for Vince. That ain't our problem, though. We got shit to worry about tonight. That's that's what I'm concerned about as a podcaster. Um, now, of course, with Vince McMahon, <coughs> excuse me, having 80% of the company's stock still, and he still makes bread. He made $144 million, but just him, quote unquote, going on Twitter and announcing his retirement, he made himself $144 million. Um, now, here's here's what I'm going to say about the, uh, the sales shit real quick. Um, I don't believe right now the way they're operating that they're going to sell the company. I, I know there's been talk about, you know, oh, WWE's going to be sold. Somebody, you know, WWE's going to sell the company. I think, personally, that's some bullshit. I'm going to tell you why. I'll explain myself. I usually do. Sometimes I don't like it, and that's perfectly fine. But, it, you know, it bees what it bees. It is what it is. Here's what I think about this shit. <clears throat> I don't think for one fucking second WWE is going to be sold. Right now, as it stands. Um, because, I mean, with this going on, if I'm trying to buy a company, and there's a lot of, you know, situations going on within that I may be very, I may be apt to not maybe want to, considering the fact that it's going through a little bit of controversy. It's on, it's in in essence a rebuild. Yeah, it would make sense for me to want to buy it, but for me personally, as as the way I operate, I wouldn't want to buy WWE right now. I really wouldn't. That's just me personally. You may think differently, but as the way I see it right now, I think it would be wise for people to take a step back. From wanting to buy WWE and wait a little bit to see how WWE performs now that we're in a post Vince McMahon world in terms of professional wrestling. Uh, could it happen? Of course it could happen. Anything can fucking happen. Vince McMahon fucking retired a week ago and we never thought that shit was going to happen. So if that can fucking happen at this point, anything can fucking happen. But that's just me and all that, all that stuff. But the way I see it and the way uh, I think about it with, with how WWE is going to operate going forward, I don't think right now is the time for WWE to be thinking about a sale. Their focus should be on rebuilding the company and making it into something that we as fans can gravitate to every single week. That disenfranchised fans who pretty much have sworn off watching the company ever again for what they've been doing the past couple of years in terms of creative, that may give them opportunity to come back knowing that Vince McMahon is not the helm anymore. Um... Possibly bringing in uh, newer fans, younger fans, you know, 
the possibility of getting to see what we saw in NXT in a grander scale on the main roster. I think right now that is more important than wanting to buy the shit. I want to see how they perform now that Vince McMahon is gone. Feel me? The way I see it, right now is not the time for them to sell. There should be no sale talk at all. None of that. Because the way I see it with Vince McMahon, he retired. He was going to, was he going to retire? Maybe. But I think knowing that they found what they found gave him the foresight to think, damn, this is going to get a lot worse for This could get a lot worse for me. And I don't want the company and I don't want to be in the company while all of this is going on. So I'm going to bow out. I'll bow in the fuck out. I'm going to take my extra $144 million and I'm going to peace out and go into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, that's what the fuck I'm going to do. I'm sure he wanted to retire much later than he wanted to. But I think with everything that's going on now, with what's been going on with the investigations and all that shit, uh, Vince McMahon did the thing that he needed to do and stepped the fuck away. And I'm being dead serious about that. That is a bigger... That is a... Like, I mean, granted, yeah, he got $144 million off his retirement. Good, by all means, I'm not even going to be mad at that. You got your gold, you got your extra golden parachute plus the 80% you can sell in a heartbeat. Um, but as far as everything goes in terms of you being creative, um, it's over. It's over. It's over. It's fucking over. And I, for one, am fucking glad. I am glad as fuck that Vincent McMahon is gone. Somebody like, no, I said it last week. I said it last week. For everything he's done with the company as a whole and getting it to a place where it is now, minus all the shit booking that he's done for the least the last five fucking years, which is a whole different story for another show. He is this part of the reason why I am a wrestling fan in the first place. I've been a fan of professional wrestling since I was eight fucking years old. In a time where we were about to ascend into the Attitude Era, which one of my two favorite eras in the entire history of WWE, which is, of course, the Ruthless uh, Aggression Era and the Attitude Era. Good times, all had by all. So for that, we thank him because he brought a lot of fans into it, myself included. So I'm not going to be, not going to sit here and just shit on him all day. I am going to thank him for what he has done, what he had done for the company and getting me, getting me into one of my, you know, the sport that I love and, yeah, I said sport, fucking deal with it, the sport that I love and on top of that, something that I cover every single fucking week, you know, so for that, with that being said, we thank him, but right now, he's got to deal with some shit and we got to focus on the future. The past is going to be taken out. The past is going to be taken out. That's that's what matters most. But here, but with with this situation, with you know the investigation going on, um, it's going to be interesting to see now. You know, now that we're you know that we've gotten over the shock, we've gotten over the initial shock of everything that's going on. Okay, um, of everything, and now that we're a week past, you know, a week after the fact, you know, my thought now is. Whatever Vince has got going on is what Vince has got going on. We do not need to worry about that anymore unless there's big news 
about Vince coming to Horizon. The focus now, from here on out, is going to be essentially WWE going forward without Vince at the helm. That's what we need to focus on now. There's no need to dwell on the past anymore, ladies and gentlemen, of the YLP universe. Vince is gone. He's got his shit to worry about. We got our shit to worry about. We have a a big four event we got to worry about. We've got the rest of 2022 and how it's going to pan out in terms of now booking to worry about. And in turn, and talking about booking, let's head over to sportsillustrated.com, si.com to be exact, because um, even bigger news. Well, I would say the second biggest day, uh, as well as JD uh, from NY206 puts it, the second biggest day in WWE history uh, took place also um, this past week when we found out Triple H not only returning as the EVP of talent relations for WWE, but the news came out that he has also been named head of creative. From uh, Joseph Courier, by the way. Yes, Triple H is now head of creative. The two things we never thought would happen have happened in a span literally of four days. On Friday, well, technically four. Um, Vince McMahon retired on Friday. Triple H became head of creative on Monday. It was beautiful, man. Beautiful moment. I was so happy. I am happy. I'm still happy. Because finally, we get exactly what we need. We get exactly what we want, we've been wanting for years. And let's Triple H now in charge of creative. So let's go over to SI.com and check out this report, y'all. With Vince McMahon gone, Paul Triple H Lebeck is now in charge of WWE Creative. The fall from McMahon's retirement continued on Monday with WWE announcing that Levesque will assume all responsibilities related to WWE's creative in addition to his regular duties. Levesque is also WWE's Executive Vice President of Talent Relations. Suck it, Laurinaitis! A role that he assumed last week just hours before McMahon's retirement was made public. Also, you can go suck it, Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard! I love this line. Will remain part of WWE Creative and report to Levesque. Oh, I love it. Ah, uh, you love to hear it. You love to see it. You love it. The 52-year-old Le- Damn, he's 52. Holy shit. Levesque taking over Creative is a monumental change for both WWE's present and future. The company has been defined by McMahon's creative division for four decades, even while being investigated for the, ca- the scandal. That led to his retirement, McMahon remained in charge of creative until retiring last Friday. The Wall Street Journal reported, of course, last month, you know, the, the $3 million secret settlement, blah, 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 you know, uh, Wall Street Journal followed up, uh, did a follow-up report, $12 million over the last 16 years, suppressing allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity. Um, and of course, we know Stephanie McMahon is the uh, co-CEO along with Nick Khan and all that stuff. But the reason I wanted to talk about this is because, simply, um, Triple H is head of creative. For what we have had to endure the last couple of years with uh, WWE in terms of their booking, 
how terrible they've done it. Absolutely, mostly atrocious. It has honestly been. This is exactly what WWE needs now. This is exactly what WWE needs. WWE needs. Words are hard. I swear, English, man. WWE needed this. This is a jolt in the arm for WWE. Because of the fact that look at what Paul did with NXT for years before it became Nickelodeon 2.0. Before it became Nickelodeon 2.0, NXT was one of the hottest was the hottest brand in WWE and one of the top promotions in all professional wrestling. Hands down. We didn't tune in every single week to watch fucking Raw and SmackDown. We tuned in every week to watch NXT Black and Gold. And we were given wonderfully booked shows that really dug into bringing in the old school mentality and with and modernizing it into something that was absolutely brilliant. I was enjoying the movement for about, what, five, six years? I had covered it for about... Almost two years. Two, three years. It was the hottest thing ever. It was it was the shit. It was the one thing that me personally, I thoroughly enjoyed. Then, of course, Paul had the, his heart condition, had to retire from, the, uh, from in-ring competition. Vince McMahon comes in. Bruce Pictor comes in, fucks it all up, and it turned it into Nickelodeon 2.0. Now that Vince is gone, for good. It's time for Triple H to show his ass. That's what he needs to start doing. Now, again, and I'm going to reiterate this. I believe I said this last week, too. Rome wasn't built in a day, and neither was this new era of WWE. It's going to take some time, ladies and gentlemen. We all know this. If you don't, you're going to need to start waking the fuck up and listening to what that. Excuse me. I have to fucking say because this is very, very fucking simple. I give it about 18 months. Some people will say a year, but you will see significant change over time. This ain't going to open, you know, to, just because we're in SummerSlam tonight does not mean that you're going to see the immediate change we have all been wanting to see for years. Okay. It's going to take a little bit of time. Everything, every great empire has been built up over time. The YLP podcast has been built up over time into what it is now. Because I put my fucking heart into this bitch and I put my heart, I put that hard work and got my work ethic on 10 to make sure it is what it is that you listen to every fucking week. Same scenario goes for WWE. This isn't going to be an overnight just change of everything. No, 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 no. This is going to take some time. About a year, I'd say 18 months. WWE is going to be significantly much different once we get to that point. Even the next six months, it's going to be completely different because everything now is changed. Whatever Vince McMahon had booked for, well, I don't even know if he, he still books week to week. He, he was booking week to week at this point. But I expect a few things from w, from Paul going forward. I expect long-term storylines. I expect actual character development. I expect new stars to actually be built up. I expect the mid card to be better. I expect tag team wrestling to be a focal point. I expect the women's division 
on Raw and SmackDown to actually be somewhat better. I expect a main event scene worthy of actually being considered a main event scene. Not just Roman and Brock all fucking dead. We'll get into that later on about on this week's episode. But change is not going to happen overnight. You know, expect this, expect it. But just think, think about, think about the best part about this. Bruce Pritchard now has to report to Paul. And as far as we know, last week, last time we checked, Bruce Pritchard is not a Paul guy. Bruce Pritchard is definitely not a Stephen McMahon guy. And, um, yeah, I expect Mr. Pritchard to be giving his pink slip very, very soon. Sooner the better, personally. That's just me, though. That's just me personally. It should honestly be the quintessential piece of getting the getting Pritchard and Dunn out. Ed Kosky and all that shit. Lawrence is pretty much done. He's out. Done. Finito. Goodbye, Arrivederci, bitch. Pritchard needs to go and get the fuck out as fast as possible. And so does Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn needs to fucking get the fuck out. Bum ass camera cuts. Because this is this is the biggest thing. The biggest thing that honestly, we and I, I was listening to JD from about 206 a few days ago. And he was and he said the same thing I'm gonna say now. Until they're gone, real change can't be seen. Feel me? I'm gonna say that again. Until the Pritchards and the Duns are out, and we have a full-on new regime in WWE. Real change can't happen. We know this. We need to know this. And if you don't know it, now you know, bitch. Um, but seriously, with this move, with Paul having the keys to the creative kingdom, finally we're going to see something within WWE that we haven't seen since the black and gold era. And a lot of people are going to be like, you can't recreate the black and gold. But the thing is, you can create it on a grander scale. And bring back what made what got WWE to the dance in the first fucking place. Long-term storylines. Investment in talent and character development. Matches that captivate the minds and hearts of us. Shows that weren't boring. Shows that didn't make you want to grab the remote 20 minutes after you started watching the motherfucker. That's what we were missing with WWE. And it was a lot, it was a lot more than that, but those are the main factors, at least for me personally. Cause if I can't invest in your if I can't watch more than 20 minutes of a product, it's not even worth my fucking time. I watched AEW this past Wednesday, and I was fucking happier than a fucking pig and shit. Hooks the new FTW champion, bringing back the legacy of his family, with his dad being the original holder of the FTW championship. Ricky Starks becoming babyface, Powerhouse Hobbs turning on his boy. All, all of that alone was magical. Daniel Garcia facing Brian Danielson in his return match back. And all that, like, it was just, like when I see AEW, I'm thinking like, I know WWE can do that because they've done it before. But now with Triple H at the helm of creative, I guarantee you he's going to be looking at, he's going to allow He's going to do a lot more than what Vince can do. Vince, everything was catered to Vince. Storylines were catered to Vince McMahon. 
With Paul Levesque at the helm, I guarantee you he's gonna let the reins go. He's gonna he's gonna let all he's gonna cut all those strings, all that red tape, all that bullshit, and allow writers to actually give us storylines worth our fucking time. But like I said it last week, actually I actually wrote a little little, little ditty about that. Uh, maybe hopefully will be coming out soon, but um on Articles of War. But um I stated one thing. And this is, I'll give you a little spoiler from the article that I wrote. Um, the main, the one main thing I want, especially when you're talking about feuds and, and television and all that shit, I need, we need, we, we, what is this we, not French, we shit. We need writing that actually is from people who know the business? Looking at you, Kenny Smobley. Um, yeah, yeah, I said it. Oh, y'all thought I forgot? No, I know. I, I don't forget tomfoolery like that. I don't forget foolishness. I don't forget people doing fucking uh, interviews on podcasts and not knowing who the fuck you're writing for. I talked about it then, and I'll still fucking talk about it now. If you are a writer trying to get into WWE and you don't know the business, like the back of your fucking hand, or at least have an inkling of knowing what WWE actually fucking is, don't bother applying. Don't bother. We need writers who know the business. I don't... Okay, granted, yes, Kenny Smoby's background was, you know, film production and comedy writing, but comedy's over. The jokes are over. We ain't laughing over here. This ain't no funny ha-ha shit. This is not no he-he-he girls, you know, schoolgirl giggling shit. This is time to get down to fucking business. Simple as that. We need to get down to fucking business. Because we got a lot of work to do. WWE's got a lot of work to do. Okay? We ain't got time for bullshit writers who don't know the business from the back of their fucking hand from a can of paint on their head or their own ass. Fuck that shit. Bobby Ashley, really? The Hurt Business, they wear suits and they're cool. That's what you're trying to hire? Nah, we don't do that. If you don't know, if you haven't, I, I think I wrote this too on my spoiler for y'all. If you haven't been keeping up with WWE storylines for at least six months to a year, don't bother applying. Because if you're going to write for WWE, you better bring your fucking A game and you better know exactly what the fuck you're bringing to the table. If you don't know what's going on on Raw or SmackDown or NXT, don't even fucking bother. But they ain't comedy writers. Yeah, I want a fucking castle in the fucking, uh, you know, England and shit. I want a house in the Hamptons and I want to cool out in Malibu sipping a Mai Tai while fucking uh, Milo runs around the beach and me and Miss Wild Pea get our tan on. Fuck out of here. Bullshit. We have no time for funny business. Alright? There's no fucking time for funny business. This is not a ha-ha moment anymore. It's time to get to work. Because if we ain't getting the fucking work, then, uh, uh, you know, I don't give a shit. But it's time to get back to business and get it right. Feel me? Got me fucked up. Anywho, speaking of uh, getting the old heads out, 
let's head over to uh, round out. Let's round out this segment. Um, as we head over to sescoops.com, major WWE executive expected to leave company within a year from Fernande Kies Jr. One big WWE executive appears to be on borrowed time with the company. Change is coming for the once Vince McMahon-led empire. And of course, on that fateful day on July 22nd, WWE issued a statement announcing the retirement of Vince. Mr. McMahon had been the longtime chairman and CEO of WWE before stepping back amid an investigation. We already fucking know this. We ain't going to talk about it. With Vince with McMahon and former head of talent relations, people power. John Lower 9 is gone. The McMahon Triple H takeover is upon us. And don't forget about Nick Khan as well. Fightful is reporting that executive producer and chief of global television distribution, The Beaver himself, Kevin Dunn, is likely to be gone from the company in due time. It's been said that he will leave, either leave on his own or be forced out. PW Torch also shared a similar report. Wade Keller noted that while Dunn isn't expected to be ousted immediately, he likely won't be around at this time next year. The PW Torch report also mentioned that Kevin Dunn is not a Triple H guy as Hunter has been in position as the new head of WWE Creative. Uh, it has also been reported by several outlets over the years that Stephanie McMahon, the new chairwoman and CEO of WWE, was never a fan of Dunn. Yay! Get, get that piece of shit the fuck out. I don't give a fuck. Like... And here's and I actually saw this uh, from Fightful as well. This article where um, Freddie Prince Jr. even said that he could Kevin Dunn could kill story pitches by saying I don't think she's pretty. Um, yeah. So but basically, I'll just go, go over this article real quick. Um, basically, this article about uh, Freddie with Freddie talking about on his podcast that. Dunn could literally eradicate six weeks of a story by saying something like, I don't think she's pretty. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whoo. Oh, man. Six weeks of storyline could end with one line from Kevin fucking Dunn. I don't think she's pretty. Oh. Hell, even Stephanie McMahon had an idea for a wrestling match to feature Awesome Kong, known as Carmen WWE back in the day, and Beth Phoenix for the women for the Divas Championship. Now I don't know if Kevin Dunn had a hand in that, but the story goes they were going to do Beth Phoenix versus Karma for the uh, WWE Divas Championship, re recreating the Women's Championship. But uh, Divas Champion at the time, Michelle McCool, wasn't feeling that, crying like a little bitch. Went to her man, the Undertaker. Undertaker went to Vince, and I was pretty much dead of that. Yeah. And this, here's this quote from Freddie saying, quote, You could pitch for 20 minutes. Kevin would be like, well, I don't think she's pretty. And all of a sudden, like six weeks of story was just gone. It's like, well, our champ has to be pretty. It's like, yo, do you think Mankind was pretty? You could throw out a number of le how many less than handsome male champions have existed and I shall exceed it. But it would be dead. It would just be dead because he would say one thing. So yeah, fuck Kevin Dunn. Fuck him. I don't care. 
Honestly, I would rather just him be gone as soon as humanly possible. If he's not here by the end of the year, so be it. But if you're going to start a regime change within the company, you would want to get them bum asses out as soon as possible. I want Pritchard out as soon as possible. I want Kevin Dunn as soon as possible. I want every old member, crony, old boomer piece of shit that lives in the company gone. Any person in the higher up position in the annals of WWE that has, any, that has anything executive to do, get him the fuck out now. Get him out. Out now. The sooner, the fucking better. Don't wait till the end of the year. Fuck that. Get him out now. Unless you are, unless you're trying to find a new motherfucker to take over his spot, get him out. Fuck him. Because as far as I see it, Vince McMahon was the only reason Kevin Dunn and Bruce Pritchard had a fucking job in the first place. And now that shield is gone. That shield, that wonderful, tight, wonderful bubble that was surrounding Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn has been popped. It's been popped. Dreams shattered. It's time for them to wake up and realize their days are numbered. As well they fucking should be. Fuck Kevin Dunn. Fuck Bruce Pritchard. They suck. They're old. They're done. They have no business being in this company anymore. They can go, Bruce Richard can go fuck off and do his little podcast. Kevin Dunn can do, can go to a random dam somewhere and eat trees in Oregon for all I give a fuck. As long as they're gone, I'll be a very happy man. Kevin Dunn, I hope Kevin Dunn cries in the corner right now. I hope he is crying in the corner every single Monday, every single Friday that he is doing television because he knows at some point, they're going to come to him and tell him to get the fuck out. I mean, me personally, you know, being a petty son of a bitch, I would want to see Pritchard and Kevin Dunn fired in ring in front of the entire world to fucking see. That's just me being petty and being a smart ass. But if he leaves within the, within the year, good. Pritchard, same shit. I want them all gone. If you ain't, if you are, if you were a Vince McMahon, if you were a Vince McMahon member, your date year is good as done. Done. Goodbye. No one cares. Bruce Pritchard helped ruin NXT. Kevin Dunn been ruining fucking camera cuts for goddamn no 15 fucking years. It's time to go. Time to, time to take them bum asses out the pasture, send them on their merry fucking way, and wave goodbye as we enter this new regime era in WWE. The sooner, the fucking better. That's all I gotta say about that. So that's gonna you know, you know, conclude the opening match segment of episode 344 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we got more news to talk about, but what are we gonna be talking about? Well, apparently Jonathan Gresham is, is uh, feeling some type of way towards Tony Khan after losing the Ring of Honor World Championship to Claudio Castagnoli last Saturday at Death Before Dishonor, and apparently he cussed a motherfucker out. We're going to be talking about that. Also, this is actually some fun news I saw, and I got very, very excited. Billy Corgan on whether NWA could land a TV deal, saying, quote, absolutely, I'm having those conversations. Um, 
This is going to be a fun article to talk about because I love me some NWA. We'll discuss that. Also, WrestleMania 40's location has finally been announced for 2024. April 6th, April 7th. Where is it going to be at? We're going to talk about that on the other side of episode 344 of the YLP podcast. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode 344 of the YLP Podcast, continuing on with our news of the week. But before, of course, I get back into all the news that's fit for me to talk about, y'all know I got to do some shameless plugs in this motherfucker because that's what I need to do. That's how I get down, so y'all just going to have to deal with it. Anywho, make sure you check out the, of, of course, the other Family, the re- the rest of the family that is Wrestle Addict Radio. Okay, make sure you check out the Brace for Impact podcast every single Tuesday. Our boy Nate the F and Great coming home to the wild, oh, not the wild realm. No, he is always welcome anytime he feels like in the war realm. I should say, um, discussing all things Impact Wrestling. If you are a big fan of Impact Wrestling, I think they're personally on the come up. You know, just by my observation, uh, you might want to check out this podcast. It is for you. Every Tuesday, every Wednesday, of course, the recent members of the 300 Club, the recent inductees to the 300 Club, joined by me, of course, Kings of the Rings Podcast, Agent K. Murphy, King Ricky Rose, and Will Terra Shook, go on, and um, yes, I believe uh, this past Wednesday they did an episode of Summer Slack, and yes, Slack is part of the show, hooray. Now, we love Slack over here, even though we give them hell as much as we possibly can. Uh, It it is still fuck Slack movement. That's how we get down. Regardless, it's all love, though. So make sure you check out that episode. Um, It's on YouTube, Kings of the Rings Podcast. You can check it out there. Um, YouTube.com slash Kings of the Rings Podcast. Over on Twitch, find them, K-O-T-R underscore podcast. Follow them, subscribe, all that good stuff. And over on Twitter as well, um, over at, at, I believe, at KOTR Podcast and on Attic Wrestle's uh, Twitter page as well, at Attic underscore Wrestle, okay? And also, make sure you check out my boy, Mr. Fretz, our boy to the north. Just putting out a new episode of Fretzelmania that goes down every single Friday. And also, uh, Kings of the Rings podcast, you can listen to on audio form every Thursday. But with uh, every Friday, kick off your weekend in proper fashion with the Fretzelmania podcast discussing of course the ruthless aggression era at this point right now and uh, it is a good it's a good time um to listen in and check out all the stuff so uh yeah shout out to all my family as well also um since we're talking about the war family also make sure you check out my boy Will's Talk with Tara Shook podcast, of course, you know, uh, if you missed it, uh, I actually was a guest recently on, uh, I believe, last Wednesday's episode of um, the podcast. Myself, Christian, and Will were answering, uh, talking about uh, wonderful topics, such as talking about Poland, Maine, um, the home and uh, distribution center of Poland Spring Water. Poland Spring, what it means to be from Maine. 
Good stuff. Um, and other topics, you know, talking about, you know, the George Washington Bridge, all that shit. So, yeah, make sure you check out the Talk with Tara Shook podcast and check out my episode. You can find that also on YouTube. Talk with Tara Shook. Listen to it. Love it. Like it. Show love. Even my mom saw the episode. Um, but she did have questions on how high we was. Uh, that's a whole different story for another day. But we ain't going to talk about that right now. But make sure you check out the family of podcasts with Wrestle Addict Radio. The cure for the common wrestling podcast also also uh make sure you check out the ylp store as you did listen to revamp everything we got we got a lot more shit i got a lot more stuff i got fleece blankies i got pillows i got the tapestries i got the uh posters i got uh slides i got you know swim shorts i got regular shorts i got joggers i got sports bras now yeah Finally, the one thing I've been needing for the YLP store, sports bras. Don't ask why. I told I've been up, up <laughs> I've been up kicking Ricky Rose's ass about this for the longest time. And finally, Spring decided, let's bless the man with sports bras. So, ladies, if you are in the gym, uh, all that stuff, I got y'all over at young lines perspective.creator-spring.com. Get yourself some merch. Um, all that good stuff. Also, one last thing. Uh, make sure you join the war discord. Yes, we here at WrestleLadic Radio have a discord. Um, very simple process. All you need to do, go over to Twitter at addict underscore wrestle. That is our, that is the official WrestleLadic Radio uh, page for Twitter. Click on the link tree that is, uh, on there. You can uh, find all the stuff at WrestleMania Radio. Also, you can click on the Discord invitation that will be given to you by King Ricky Rose himself. Hit yes on the invite and you will become part of the Discord. And one of our newest members is Slack. And that was just a great part of my day the other day. Fun times. No, I'm kidding. But seriously, if y'all want to join the Discord, it's simple as that. It takes you no less than five minutes to do it. And you'll become part of the Discord. We got all our peoples over there. All the members of WrestleMania Radio talking over there, wrestling, all that good stuff. It's an enjoyable time, and we want you over there with us. So again, head over to our WrestleMania Radio Twitter page. Click that link tree, hit the invite, get, get the yes on that, and you're in there. We will all wave and say hello and welcome you to the realm of the Discord. So again, make sure you join that war Discord today. All right, shameless plugs over, commercial over. Let's get back into the news you came here for. We start over at F4WOnline.com. Jonathan Gresham asked for AEWROH released. Hold on one second while I close this dough. Also, Mr. YLP Jr. is in the building right now, ladies and gentlemen. Milo, say hi to the folks. Hi, guys. Milo here. Hope you guys are having a great, great day. And, well, don't mind me. I'm just eating my foot right now. But, Dad... Dad said I could be on the show today because I've been a really good boy this week. And I'm really, really happy to always be on the show every once in a while, hanging out with my dad and listening to him talk about all the news that's fit for him to talk about. Have a good day, guys. Spread love. Eat champion. See you guys later. <laughs> and that was your weekly appearance, of course, from Mr. YLP Jr. But yes, Jonathan Gresham had cussed out Tony Khan. Let's find out why, shall we? This is actually from Joseph Courier. Jonathan Gresham has requested to be released from AEW Ring of Honor. As was first reported by Fightful, Gresham requested to be released from his AEW Ring of Honor contract on Saturday. The request was made prior to Ring of Honor's death before Dishonor pay-per-view. We have confirmed 
that Gresham did ask for his release. Now, we do know he did lose the World Championship, the Ring of Honor World Championship to Claudio Castagnoli in the opening match of the Death Before Dishonor main card. Fightful wrote that they were told there was a lack of communication between the company and Gresham leading up to the week game, and Gresham was said to have felt disrespected by this. Among other things, we learned that the lack of time for the world title match was a tipping point as well. Fightful noted that Gresham finally met with Tony Khan before Death Before Dishonor and was said to have communicated the frustration that led to him cussing out Khan. Gresham was Ring of Honor World Champion when the promotion was purchased by Khan this March. Gresham signed a contract in April. Fightful wrote that they were told from Gresham's side of things that he's done with wrestling for the foreseeable future after this month. Gresham is scheduled to be part of the card for Ric Flair's last match, um, actually tomorrow, facing Nick Wayne, Allen Angels, and Konosuke Takeshita in a fatal four-way in a four-way matchup. Fatal four-way, I'm always thinking WWE for no reason at all. Gresham has had four matches on AEW programming, wrestling at Battle of the Belts 2 on AEW Rampage and Dark, facing Ban- and also facing Bandito for- at April's Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor pay-per-view and Castagnoli at Death Before Dishonor. Gresham deactivated his Twitter account after Death Before Dishonor. Honor. Now, here's my take on this um, because I love Jonathan Gresham. I think he's a hell of a talent. Uh, even being a shorter, more stockier dude, which is kind of like, well, not really like me. I'm still. Don't you even start with me, Mr. Milo, with your huffing and shit. Yes, I know I eat a little bit more than I should every once in a while, but, you know, it'd be like that sometimes. Anywho. <laughs> Not my fault you eat the bag of chips, Dad. We'll talk after the segment. Anywho, I, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Gresham. I've seen him over the past couple of years, and I've become a fan of his. I think he's been a hell of a talent and could go with some of the best of him in the fucking world. Um, now, as far as Gresham's actions go, as far as I'm concerned, um, not all of it was good. Not all of it was actually proper. Deactivating your Twitter account and your and and on top, not just his Twitter account, the Terminus Twitter account, the company that he runs, uh, has also been deactivated as well. Now, some people would say, uh, and I've saw it on the social medias, uh, he was being petty. He was, you know, you know, acting like a baby and all this shit. And to some extent, he is, but. One thing I will back Gresham on is that if the communication was dog shit, I am not surprised that Gresham cussed out Tony Khan the day of the goddamn show. If we're, if there's lack of communication between you and I, you know, especially when I'm the your world's champion of the fucking promotion, yeah, I'm gonna feel some type of fucking way. Like, I mean, I, I, like I stated, I haven't seen the pay-per-view as of yet. I'm going to watch it on my own time, Taney, um, you know, because that's what I do. I don't watch every pay-per-view live, all right? It bees what it bees, it ease what it ease. But um, if there was lack of time for the world title match, too, considering the fact that it was the opening matchup of the show, that would piss off some people as well. It be like that sometimes, for real, on some for real, for real shit. So I can understand where he's coming from um, in terms of, you know, if there was lack of communication, I would feel some type of way. He did. He felt type of way. And um, cussing out Tony Khan 
was more, more than likely the best way to uh, get his point across. So, in that, as, in that aspect, I fucks with it. What I don't fuck with is immediately just, you know, deactivating your Twitter account and, you know, Terminus's Twitter account. You know, if you're not going to be wrestling for the foreseeable future, that's fine. That's understandable. Every once in a while, especially for a guy like Aggression, um... You know, maybe maybe a little bit of a break is 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 needed. You know, he did hold the championship for what two hundred and twenty four days as a Ring of Honor World Champion, former Pure Champion, um, and all that good shit. And, and of course, and me thinking, you know, Gresham was definitely going to be a main factor in the AEW programming. I hope he was because that would have been awesome. I mean, especially joining now, I guess Prince Nana Enterprises. Now that Tully Blanchard is pretty much gone from AEW Ring of Honor, AEW Ring of Honor, I don't know how the fuck what the fuck's going on with that, but um, he wasn't he is in the stable with Brian Cage. <laughs> That's fucking pretty fucking solid. Um, so we'll see. I mean, as far as I see it, you know, it's understandable to you know feel some type of way, especially if the communication is not there between you and your boss. You know, in professional wrestling, you can cuss out your boss and still get away with it to an extent. You know, deactivating your Twitter account and all this stuff, all that shit, that's that's a little petty. You know, I get it. If you're not going to be, you know, if you're going to be, you know, taking a break for a while, you know, just log off your just log off your social media and just be away for a while. Just enjoy your time with your wife, Jordan Grace. You know, all that shit and just enjoy each other's time. Do you, you know, go to events. Do what you feel is right. Um, terminating your Twitter account is a weird move. Now, um, I mean, I mean, it's mostly because of the way he went about it. You know, get angry, get mad, and just deactivate your shit. If you're doing it because, you know, it's like a social media break, totally understandable. Shotzi Blackheart did it when, you know, she was getting shit from fans because she botched. Um... You know, I like I said, I'm not mad at him getting mad at Tony Khan. You know, it's just maybe the aftermath of that uh, may not have been the best of moves. But hey, you know, Jonathan Gresham is one of the best guys in the game, at least for me personally, especially as a uh, small black dude, five nine, stocky kind of you know motherfucker. He he does shit in that ring that I am impressed by. You know what I'm saying? And him losing him losing the championship to Claudio is not the worst thing in the world. Honestly, if it was like maybe a fucking, and this is not to knock anybody, uh, if we're being brutally honest, like maybe like a Marco stunt or something like that, I mean, then definitely I would feel some type of way about that for sure if I was in Gresham's position. But Claudio, I mean, he had held the belt for 224 days. That's not a reign to be mad at, to be a slouch about. That's a hell of a reign. Most motherfuckers were killed for a 224-day reign of any championship, minus the 24-7 championship in WWE. But for anything, they would kill to have that type of reign because that's like pretty much saying like the company entrusts you with this championship for a longer period of time than more than five fucking minutes. Respect to that. Um, asking for his release, that's also not a surprise. As much as you as much as you should think it is, it's not, you know. Again, this may have been just in the moment type of feeling type of shit, you know, because of what had been going on prior to leading up to that weekend. So that may have been a, a thing. Um, would WWE, AEW honor it? I don't know. That's up to Tony Khan. Should AEW do it? I don't think that's the best of ideas. I don't think so. Hash it out. I'm the type of person that is just like, 
you know, I see certain talent in a company, and I'm just like, you can't, you do not want to lose a guy like Jonathan Gresham. I really don't think you want to. He's a hell of a talent. He's a great talent. Gresham anywhere in any company would be awesome. But for AEW to lose a guy like Gresham, especially for Ring of Honor purposes, I think that would be a terrible idea. Because Gresham in AEW is just is going to be fun. Would be fun as fuck. Hell, I've been having thoughts of you know seeing Pac versus Jonathan Gresham for the All Atlantic Championship at some point. That would be fun. You know, but if they let Gresham go, I think, I mean, yeah, granted, he'll still work the indies and all that stuff, but don't think for one second, now that Triple H is back as, you know, EVP of talent relations, that he wouldn't want to take a look at Gresham. Not saying that would happen, but the thought is actually there. But we'll see what happens with Gresham going forward. He is asking for his release. Whether or not Tony Khan will grant that release still remains to be seen. Um, him getting cussed out, not surprising because lack of communication will get you cussed out and should get you cussed out personally. But um, the aftermath of it was a little bit weird to me. You know, him just immediately deactivating his Twitter account, uh, feeling some type of way. It bees what it bees. It is what it is. But we'll see what happens going forward uh, with one Jonathan Gresham. I'll be keeping an eye on this one for sure. But one article and one promotion that I don't talk about often is the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. And I saw this in my uh, research this week, looking up articles and all that good stuff, and I found this to be quite interesting. From WrestleZone.com, Billy Corgan on whether NWA could land a TV deal, saying, quote, absolutely, I'm having those conversations from Colin Tessier. Or Tessier. I don't know. Could be French. Anywho, Billy Corgan believes that fans can see the National Wrestling Alliance on television at some point, and he's having conversations about this potential move. In recent years, the NWA has aired its flagship show, NWA Power, on YouTube and Fight TV. But during an interview with Scott Fishman of TV Insider, when asked about the possibility of seeing the NWA on cable or network TV, the NWA president expressed his confidence in this outcome. He noted that Tony Khan launching AEW has changed the game, so his conversations about landing a TV deal are, quote, very different now, end quote. He said, absolutely. I'm already having those conversations. I had those conversations when I first got the company because I wanted to fish around to see what was out there. Most kind of shrugged four or five years ago when wrestling was in a weird lull before WWE started getting these mega TV deals. Of course, before Tony fired up AEW. Now we are in this new ecosystem. Now those conversations are quite different. Before, I was a celebrity guy buying a wrestling company with historic lineage. Very different conversations now, end quote. Corgan went on to describe how the height of the COVID-19 pandemic proved to be quite challenging, but he doubled down and got more involved with the company's operations. He stated that over the past few months, the NWA has been finding its own voice, and he believes this progress will lead to success moving forward, saying, quote, I thought seriously during COVID that this was too much for me to handle because of the challenges involved in me trying to run a company. But when I made the commitment to double down on it and roll up my sleeves, I put my full effort in. I got much more involved in the production and talent relations departments. I think that when you set that tone of putting in the hard work, others pick up on it. I'm operating on a particular business plan and creating a transitional space from what the NWA was in everyone's minds and bringing it to the modern era. Part of that is doing a large amount of beta testing. 
I'm spending a lot less money than my competitors, so I have to figure out how to maximize the talent we have and the opportunities we have. I think what you've seen in the last six months is we are finding our own voice and our own stride that is more distinctive. That will be the seed of future success. End quote. <laughs> this is awesome for me. Because for those of you that may not know, or if your attention span lasts more than less less than about, you know, I don't know, a year, Impact at one point held, had the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, NWA World's Tag Team Championship as well, um, as part of their promotion, for those of y'all that do not know that. Um, So that's where I got my first taste of the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship back when I was, what, 13? In middle school, checking out Impact every Friday, 3 o'clock on Fox Sports Net, Um, because I would actually get out of school at 2.40, Bus would get there by like, I would get home by like 250, like not even 250 because I was literally like, we were like not even far from the school itself on the bus ride home. So all good with me. So I got in my house, got upstairs, went to my room, any homework I did, I was just doing that. And I had on my TV on Fox Sports Net, Impact Wrestling in the background every fucking Friday. I was even part of their fucking street team. What you got to say about that, nerds? Yeah, I'm a nerd. Deal with it. But that was my first iteration of <laughs> seeing the NWA World Heavyweight Championship being displayed on, you know, television, at least for me personally. Um, so now seeing everything that's going on with NWA and them being, of course, on the YouTubes and NWA Power and having, of course, they've having, you know, you know, big events. You know, hell, even Trevor Middark is a fucking NWA World's Heavyweight Champion right now. Hell of a storyline they actually did for that with him, um, you know, with, with uh, fucking Nick Aldis, all and uh, freaking all that shit. It was absolutely beautiful. That storyline was one of the best I had seen in years uh, between Aldis and Murdoch. That was just mwah, chef's kiss. If you weren't keeping up with that, god damn, that was a beautiful, that was a wonderful fucking storyline between those two. I mean, it was just. It, it was just everything for me. That's, the, that's my kind of storyline I like to see. But NWA on its own, and I've checked it out. I've dabbled in it every once in a while. I don't really keep up with it, um, given that, you know, there's other things going on with, you know, AEW, WWE, all the news. It's fit for me to talk about all this shit. NWA is unfortunately towards the bottom of my priorities list. But I have been keeping an eye on it, and NWA has been having some good shit. You know, they got Camille uh, Camille as their women's champion. Um, they had they had the Hex as their women's tag team champions. There's talk of a woman, I believe, a women's television championship at some point. A possibility of that. Um, you know, tag team division is proper. They got the NWA championship, all the NWA uh, World Television Championship. They've got a lot going on that people aren't really paying attention to. There are talent there. There are definitely putting some work in hell. They have the Junior Heavyweight Championship now. I believe Homicide is the current holder of that right now, which personally to me wasn't, you know, the best of ideas. I was going to go with a a different person, uh, Darius uh, Blackheart, um, because that, that, that dude is just fire. But that's a whole different story for another day. But let me get back into a TV deal, possibly, for NWA. If they are able to land it. It would be fantastic for them, especially with the way, like like uh, Corgan had said, you know, four or five years ago, I was just a, a, a dude, you know, that I was a celebrity that just, you know, bought a company 
about a wrestling promotion and you know try to make it trying to make something of it. Now, now that uh, WWE has had uh, all these mega deals, you know the one billion, you know five year deal that they made with Fox, you know the deal they made with freaking USA Network, AEW now having TBS pretty much on lock. And, uh, I believe they, I believe they had TNT for a hot, for a hot minute, uh, but pretty much being backed by Warner Media, all this shit. It is a very different situation now with uh, NWA, where the possibility of NWA um, getting into a TV deal, I think, is a pretty big thing if they if they are actually able to pull it off. Even if it's through a streaming service, maybe like a Hulu, maybe a Pluto TV, maybe a Freevee, um, something of those of that nature. Maybe and I'm not saying a Peacock, but maybe a, 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 a streaming service like that, and being able to, you know, have the possibility of having that when four or five years ago that possibility wasn't even there yet is is very key, and also. Kudos to Corgan for even, you know, saying to myself, you know, I made the commitment to double down on it. You know, I wanted to be involved. I got much more involved in the production and talent relations. He set that tone. Elders picked up on it and now respect him because of it. You know, he's trying to bring, he's trying to modernize what the NWA once was. And for those of you that may not know, the NWA has a very, very long lineage. It is a very... Very long lineage, like the the number, the names of champions that have held that belt is just one of the most prestigious belts in the fucking professional wrestling world, bar none, hands down, and nobody can tell me otherwise. That that ten pounds of gold has history, and to fully see that displayed on television again will be the stuff of happiness, at least for me personally, because of the simple fact that. That title holds so much lineage. The NWA World Tag Team Championships had uh, much lineage, especially when it went through Impact Wrestling. You know, think of the champions that you saw on, uh, you know, Impact with the championship. You know, Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, um, the Abyss held the championship at one point. Nah, uh, Kurt, Kurt Angle, I think he held that championship. Samoa Joe, same shit. You know, there have a lot, been a lot of names that have held that NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And it has just been. It is a lineage that I believe should be fully displayed. I think it's just one of those things that, you know, fans need to get to know more about. Fans need to get to know more about that. Like, I'm just looking it up right now. Let me see. I'm looking at the list of NWA World Championships. Mind you, a hundred, you know, there's been a hundred reigns of this belt. Okay. A hundred. Hundred. Like, let's look at the names real quick. Luthez. 2,300 days as world champion. What? What? Held that belt for 2,300 days. Okay? On like three, four different occasions. Beautiful. Beautiful. Buddy Rogers, Killer Kowalski, Bruno San Martino, Bobo Brazil, Dory Funk Jr., Harley Race, Jack Briscoe, Dusty Rhodes, of course, Dusty Rhodes, um, Ric Flair. Need we say more? 
You know, Kerry Von Eric. Ricky Steamboat. Sting. And upon beating Ric Flair for that, he became the first WCW World Heavyweight Champion because of it. Tatsumi Fujinami is a former freaking uh, NWA World Champion. Masahiro Chono. Great Muda. Shane Douglas even held that shit before uh, before it became the uh, ECW World Champion. Dan Severn, former World Champion. Sabu. Really? Sabu won that shit? Huh. Okay. You know, and then we get into TNA, of course, Ken Shamrock, Ron Truth Killings, Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, freaking, um, the fuck is Ray Gonzalez? Oh. Man, whatever. Um, Raven, Rhino, Christian Cage, Sting held that again. You know, Adam Pierce won that shit? Well, I'll be damned. Well, I'll be damned. And was a substitute for Brian Danielson. Damn, that's some fuck. That's some fuck shit. Danielson could have won the championship. That's a sad thing. Um, yeah, Cole Cabana had it for a hot sec for like seven weeks. That's a weird flex. That's where. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Robert Conway held it. Satoshi Kojima. Yeah, I remember. I remember Wrestle Kingdom Eight. Yeah, I remember that. Yush Tenzan, Tim, Storm, and then the current. Uh, version of it. Tim Storm, Nick Aldis winning at the title at uh, uh, Cage of Death 19 back in 2017. Cody Rhodes, of course, at the uh, all-out event, all-in event. Um, Nick Aldis then winning it back at the NWA uh, 70th anniversary show. Murdoch finally winning it um, in a title versus career match. Matt Cardona then beats um, Murdoch. Title got vacated and Trevor Murdoch won it back in a four, in a fatal four-way match. At, all, at always ready. Beating Aldis, Vladimir, I mean, but like the names of that championship, the lineage of the championship, the na- like the the Thezes, the flares, the race of races, the Dory Funk Juniors, Dan Severn holding it for actually fifteen hundred fucking days in two separate reigns. That's pretty dang. Aldis, you know, there have been big names who have held these belts, and Trevor Murdoch's on two hundred fifteen days in counting in his uh second reign as champion. Well, actually, no. It's, it's combined, 215. But you get the point. The first time you held over 167 days, so that's a pretty good flex. But that's the big thing about that, to me, is that Billy Corgan wants to be able to display that, but bring it into the modern era. For most people, like myself, NWA will always be like a more old-school type of promotion to me because of the fact that of the names that have held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, the names that have come through NWA, and even modern, even in the modern version of it, when you know with the Jeff Jarrett's and the AJ Styles and the Ravens and all that, there there is not a better time than where we are right now for NWA to land a TV deal. I think they can pull it off. I really do think they can pull it off. I really do. I'm very excited to see whether or not Billy Corgan can actually pull it off. And if he does, holy shit, guys, NWA is going to be a thing. And NWA, especially with what they're doing now. Um, I think they can make something really, really big with this. I mean, honestly, fingers across for uh, Billy Corgan. I want him to actually make this happen. I want to see him get that TV deal and do well for himself and bring NWA to a bigger forefront that I think people have recognized in some time. That would just be the biggest thing ever, at least to me. But we shall continue on with our last bit of news 
from uh, for this week. And we found out, which is surprising to me because usually they don't honestly announce that. Well, they do announce it, but usually they announce it, you know, and this is just me. They usually announce it during that year's WrestleMania of where they're going to next year. But they didn't want to do that. And for the first time since 1999, WrestleMania 15, if my research proved me right, WrestleMania 40 is going to be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yes, yes, yes. We're going over to CBSSports.com. This is from Brent Brookhouse. WWE announced this past Wednesday that Philadelphia will serve as host of WrestleMania 40 on Saturday, April 6th and April 7th, 2024. The two-day event making a major anniversary for WWE will be held in Lincoln Financial Field, home of the Philadelphia Eagles. WrestleMania 40 will be the first time WWE has held their flagship event in Philadelphia since 1999, when WrestleMania 15 took place at the Wells Fargo Center, then at the time named the First Union Center. In the years since, WWE has moved away from arenas and into stadiums for their biggest events. So, while WrestleMania 15 claimed an attend- at a, at a, a claimed attendance of 19,514, WrestleMania 40 will likely be over 80,000. Uh, John Zabor, WWE Executive Vice President of Special Events, said in an official press release saying, quote, On behalf of WWE, we are thrilled to bring WrestleMania back to the city of brotherly love. We all thank, we thank all of our local partners who were integral in making this long-awaited return a reality, end quote. Of course, WrestleMania became a two-night event beginning in 2020 as a response to the COVID-19 pandemic. While that year saw the event held in the WWE Performance Center in Orlando with no fans in attendance, WWE stuck to the two-night approach with partial crowds in 2021 before the 2022 edition saw full capacity at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Uh, As we know, the first WrestleMania was held in MSG in New York City in 85. And as far as um, 39 goes, we do know it's going to take place at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California on April 1st. And second of 2023. So, when I found out this announcement for um, WrestleMania 40 being in Philly, um, I was initially surprised, really, really surprised at the fact that they were going to do it in Philly because we had known that um, for the longest time, Vegas was supposed to be having a WrestleMania. I believe that was supposed to be at 38. Um, no, Tampa Bay was 38. Um, and it kind of pushed things back for Vegas because of the fact that they were going to do it, I think for 39, but they got pushed back. So my thought was 40 was the best possible time for, you know, Las Vegas to finally get that WrestleMania. They honestly truly fucking deserve. And it would be amazing to have it because I'm literally a 10 hour drive from, uh, Las Vegas and about an hour and a half flight from Denver, um. I'm just saying. So initially, I was thinking. I, I thought, "Damn, really? We're going back to the East Coast for twenty in twenty twenty four. I was quite, I was quite perturbed. Um, but when you think about it, here's here's why I think Philadelphia is a great, great place. One, cheesesteaks. I eat. Fuck you. Um, Philly is is a great spot because when we had it at fifteen, fifteen was awesome. WrestleMania 15 was great. I'll even pull up the card right now because I actually love, 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 love WrestleMania 15. XV. 
Do 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 do. Uh, yeah, because I was looking, I was looking at it the other day. I'm just like, oh man, WrestleMania 15. Yeah. So, um, if for those of you who may not remember, 1999, I was actually 11 years old at the time when uh, WrestleMania 15 occurred. Um, the main event, of course, was a no disqualification match for the WWF Championship with Mankind being the special guest referee. Rock defending against Stone Cold, he loses. Um, Undertaker and Bo- Big Boss Man had a Hell in a Cell match. Shane McMahon faced uh, Xbox for the European Championship. Sable and Tori were involved for the Women's Championship. Um, Kane and Triple H fought each other by uh, beat Triple H by disqualification. Um, Road Dog became uh, defended the Intercontinental Championship at um, that night. Mankind defeated the Big Show by disqualification because that was going to determine who was going to be the um, special guest referee for the main event. Um, let me see. Owen Hart, Jeff Jarrett retained the Tag Team Championship. Hardcore Holly became the new Hardcore Champion. Um, D'Lo Brown and Tess got the number one contendership. Uh, winning a battle royal in four minutes. That was kind of a weird flex. Um, and of course, the infamous uh, Butterbean beating the living hell, dog shit hell out of Bart Gun. Uh, with Vinny Pazienza as a special guest referee. For those of y'all that did not remember it. Um, that one, and that was a straight up Yikers, uh, from yours truly. Cause I've seen that video and Bart Gunn got fucked up. I, I thought personally that was the biggest setup in the history of anything brawl for all, uh, or boxing period. Bart Gunn got set up to get his ass whooped. I don't give a fuck what no one says. Bart Gunn got murdered. Bart Gunn got destroyed. But it became, oh, I think it was a right hand piece to the dome, and Bart and Bart Gunn was just dead. Not literally, uh, but yeah, he got fucked up. It was I, I felt bad. I, I was damn. Mm. But the way I see it, you know, by my by my standards today, this this WrestleMania would have been I. This would have been a passable WrestleMania. But at the time, though, this was a big fucking deal. Because you have the corporation trying to fuck over Stone Cold Steve Austin, as per usual. And, um, yeah. Corporation were banned from ringside. Main Kyle special guest referee. Austin wins back the championship. Hooray. But, yeah. So, that was, you know, WrestleMania at the time. Um, but getting, but when I look at it now, for Philly, to get WrestleMania 40, it's going to create a lot of good shit for the uh, for the city of uh, Philadelphia itself, I'm a big fan of Philly. Um, I've been there a couple times. Love the city, uh, and for them to get this uh, is going to be awesome. Because at the same time, too, um, you know the Phillies are going to start their season in 2024. You've got you know the Sixers that are still going to be um, possibly in the playoff hunt in the East, depending on how they actually do over the next couple of years. Um, all this stuff, so you're going to have a lot going on, and then you have WrestleMania. In Philly, in Lincoln Financial Field. It's going to be a very, very nice sight. I know most of my peoples on the WrestleLike Radio Squadron, uh, as I am now the furthest west uh, member of the team, um, it may not be in the cards for me to go from Denver to Philly. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a straight flight. I can actually do it. It's a nonstop flight. Um, but also, at the same time, 
uh, it's quite expensive right now, and um, yeah. But I know uh, I, I have a feeling King Ricky will be there. Uh, Agent K will probably be there. Kavita will probably be there. Freds might make it out there, and we've, we're on the campaign to get Freds to a WrestleMania. Um, hopefully, Freds can make that one. That will probably be the closest he, he has right now. Um, will Will might be going. So most of the squad will be around because they were on the Philly area. And as a person who used to live in New Jersey, I'm literally like a hop, skip, and a jump. I could take a fucking train to Philly, and it's not that much of an issue. But for me now, living in Colorado, it's a little bit different. Um, so my hope for Vegas is still there. It may be 41, could be 42. But I'm not going to be mad at the fact that Philly finally got one. Uh, Philly And Philly is a hardcore fan town. Like, regardless of the fact that, you know, yeah. WWE, Philadelphia and WWE kind of go hand in hand because it's Northeast type shit. And that was the old territory back in the day uh, for WWE. So now them going to the back back, uh, East for WrestleMania 40 in Philly is a big fucking deal. That's a market. Philadelphia is a market for professional wrestling. Even better, Philly is a market for giving you fucking hell if your show sucks. I mean, they've pelted Santa Claus with fucking snowballs. At Veteran Stadium, all right? Yes, that is a true thing. Happened during a fucking Eagles game. Santa came out. Eagles were apparently getting their ass whooped. And they they beat, they beat literally pelted Santa Claus with fucking snowballs. So if your show is trash and if the game sucks, they're going to let you know. I'm a Phillies fan. I'm a Phillies and a Flyers fan. For real, for real. And if the Phillies are trash, I'll let it be known. If they're good, we praise. Same thing with the Flyers. They've been trash for years. And they still are trash, honestly, if we're being brutally honest with ourselves and each other. They're trash. They're they're top 10 in the freaking draft the last couple of years. They're dookie. We accept this. We know it. We give them hell when they suck. It's the same thing with professional wrestling. Well, not as of late. They've kind of been kind of hands on, sitting on their hands and not, not making noise and shit. But, hey, Philly... Especially for me, as, as you know, for someone from, that was you know born and raised in the East Coast, this is big. This is a huge place. This is huge. It is big as fuck for Philly. And I'm I I for one am of course always an advocate for the East Coast as I am from the East Coast. But yeah, big ups to Philly. Y'all got one. I'm quite happy with the result. It's gonna be fun. Um, I know a good portion of the team is gonna be probably going going out there to Philly because uh, I believe they are. Some of them live in the NYC area. That's a, that's a freaking train ride for them. That's a train ride. Straight into Philly. You can easily go from Penn Station to Philly, no problem. Amtrak got you too. So, congratulations to Philly for getting WrestleMania 40. It's a big deal for them. It's going to help that economy out. During that week, I see billion dollars in uh you know in the economy pouring in. Um, hopefully, they don't do what they did into Atlanta, but that's a whole different story for another day. Um, congrats, again, congrats to Philly. Let's see what they does at WrestleMania 40. That's going to conclude all the news that's been for me to talk about this week. The mid-card segment over and when we come back. Of course, y'all know it's the main event of the show where we are going to be talking about, of course, SummerSlam 2022. The first big four premium live event. I hate saying that term. It's so fucking dumb. Without Vince McMahon at the helm. We're going to talk about it. We're going to predict the show itself. We'll see how we do on the other side of episode 344 of the YLP podcast. We'll be right back.
Ladies and gentlemen, it is the main event segment of episode 344 of the YLP Podcast. And before we get into the SummerSlam preview and predictions, I do have a one bit of news to inform y'all about just in case you didn't get enough of all the news this 50 minutes to talk about. I almost forgot to talk about this news because it's actually made me quite excited um, for New Japan Pro Wrestling, but more importantly, Stardom Pro Wrestling, all right? So, it was actually announced, I believe, um, the other day, um, you know, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm looking at the, yeah, I'm looking at the article that, as of Friday's Stardom meeting, the Joshi Promotion and New Japan Pro Wrestling are officially going to be creating the IWGP Women's Championship. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I'm going to say it. The IWGP Champion Women's Championship is going to be going going to be a thing. Um, so I'm just looking at the article from Fightful.com real quick. The goal of the IWGP Women's Championship will be to for the title to be defended in Japan as well as the United States on NJPW events. Um, it was announced, of course, uh, a little while back, and I actually talked about this in the podcast. Um, that the inaugural IWGP Women's Champion was going to be crowned for the first time ever in uh, Ariake Arena on November 20th for the uh, first ever NGPW Stardom Show collaboration. Now, no, let me see here. Uh, Bushi World President Takaki Kadani said that previously he would like to see Stardom main event the show, so there's a possibility for that match to be the main event to crown that first champion, which would make all the sense in the world. But, excuse me, also, um, it's going to be possibly defended at Stardom's big events as well. So that's going to be an awesome thing to go on. But like we talked about, um, early in the month, uh, NGBW President Takami Obari announced the, their 2022 business strategy that Stardom would be competing in New Japan of America rings moving forward. Um, adding the IWGP Women's Championship displays that the goal to get started to the United States is now in full effect. And they had talked about that in that meeting, that they wanted to get stardom, uh, stardom talent over into the United States and introduce fans to stardom talent. We've been seeing a little bit of that within AEW, you know, and that's going to be a big thing, too. I was trying to think of names. I couldn't, unfortunately, think of any. I kind of feel bad about that, so... Let's go. Let's just maybe look that up real quick, um, and just get some uh, names for talent because Stardom is um, a big, big promotion um, for the women over in uh, Japan, and also a few names you may recognize. I believe uh, Io Shirai was um, part of Stardom for a hot second. Asuka, you know, a couple of talents over there. Just, just saying a couple of things, you know. Of course, uh, with the IWGP Championship now being, you know, an actual thing, and defend having been defending it, of course, during their uh, their five star Grand Prix, big, which is a big round robin tournament, um, the Cinderella tournament, um, which is a big one, which is a single elimination tournament, where the winner of the tournament gets a wish fulfilled, usually in the form of a championship opportunity or something of that matter. The goddesses of Stardom Tag League and the rookie of Stardom Tournament as their annual tournaments, but they're also really, really big shows, of course, the, with the five-star Grand Prix being the biggest one. Excuse me, I had to put my eye there. But, you know, it, it's, it's a really big deal 
um, for stardom and for New Japan um, with their, you know, initiative to bring um, more uh, fans into, you know, their realm and all that stuff. It's, it's really cool to see that, you know, we're going to see talent like uh, AZM. Julia is one big one for me. She is a hell of a talent. Former, uh, I think she's actually won a couple big titles um, in her time in stardom. And she's just, you know, one of the, I think one of those names that I think will do well for herself. Former artist, artist of stardom champion, uh, which was well, their trios championship. Former goddess of stardom champion um, with, uh, which is their tag team championship. Um, former wonder of stardom champion. Won the Cinderella tournament. You know, had a pretty much like one of the best years in terms of you know stardom year end awards. One with the best unit with uh, her group Donna Del Mondo, the MVP of stardom, the shining award of, you know for stardom and match that a match of the year, uh, the 2021 version uh, with Tam uh, Tam Nakano. I mean, it's it's a really big deal, you know, especially for a talent like Julia to hopefully start getting into the states. I think she's going to serve herself very well and possibly. Going into AEW times because I think she could be a real big deal over there. Hazuki, see who else? Konami, Mayu Iwatani, huge name in Japan. If she comes to America for uh, under the NJPW banner, that's going to be insane. Momo Watanabe, who else? Uh, Starlight Kid, Tom Nakano, Yutami Hayashisida. I mean, which is also a huge name over there. Thecla, who I've been keeping up on, and she's becoming an up-and-coming name there. I mean, they got some talent over there and that could really, really, really do themselves a wonderful service in getting fans into stardom. Um, Which I I believe one YouTuber I follow, uh, CM Pulse, is a huge fan of stardom and actually actually had a video um, explaining stardom as a whole, all the stables, how uh, it works out, all the tournaments. It really goes in depth. So if you are interested in stardom and wanting to know what stardom is, I would suggest that video over uh, for CM, CM Pulse, checking that out and really getting an idea of what stardom is about. Because I think that's the best example um, for that. Shout out to James Darnell uh, one time for being a big old fan of stardom. But yes, um, the stardom. And NGBW are bringing over the IWGP Women's Championship. So I wanted to get that last bit of news out of the way for y'all before we got into the fun stuff, which is SummerSlam preview and predictions. So, SummerSlam. Before last week, my mind was simply on the fact that we were going to have just another regular old run-of-the-mill SummerSlam that I was probably going to watch either after the show actually went was live or probably going to watch it Sunday after Miss YLP went to sleep. Um, now, I'm not saying it's become must-see, but it's become somewhat of that. Given the fact that this is the first pay-per-view. This is the first legitimate pay-per-view. First big four pay-per-view that WWE is doing without Vince McMahon at the helm. And the way I see it for this particular um, premium live event, as they like to call it, um, I think as it stands right now, I still believe they're under, they're operating under the storylines and what Vince McMahon had Leading up to WrestleMania. 
I think they're just trying to get all of that out of the fucking way. And then they can really start to begin the process as we head to the build towards Clash of the Castle on Labor Day weekend in September. So where I see it right now, this is just the the last true Vince McMahon show before we actually begin the true change that we actually need to see in WWE. That's just how I see it right now. I don't think, you know, I mean, and I've been hearing and, and seeing, you know, people are saying, you know, they're starting to see little bits and pieces of what Triple H booking is like, and they're but they're not getting the full sandwich. You know, I mean, they're not getting the full, you know, sandwich that is what Triple H is going to be offering in terms of creative. I was just reading an article before uh, I started recording this segment, again, telling us, you know, they're going to give us what we want, but explaining it in a way where it's just like, you know, of course, he jokingly said, you know, we're going to watch the show, but saying, you know, he's going to let ideas come through. He's going to let all the ideas come forth and they're going to go with the best ones. And I think personally, that's an actual cool thing to see, uh, given the fact that before we had that, excuse me, it was just a catering to an audience of one. And now they're really starting to show their hand and saying, you know, we want all, oh, you know, we want all, you know, ideas to be seen, heard and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm for it. I'm all for it, you know. It, it, like he said, it's gonna take. A, I'm looking at the article right now. It's gonna take a lot of us. It's gonna take a team. It's gonna take everybody here to fill those shoes and continue this on. But we will. You know, the intent is to continue the legacy of what has been going on. What made me fall in love with the business uh, that he created and take it to new levels. That's what I need to hear. That's what I need to hear. That's what I need to be seeing. That's what I need to be reading. You know, it's a fantastic thing to see and want to see. He wants ideas to come in. You know, he wants to see, you know, to let those ideas come in and try to figure out what we can use, what we can't use, what we don't think is good and what is actually good and what's really, really good and something we can really carry long term. That's the biggest thing. That's really the biggest thing about Triple H now being in charge of creative. He's going to allow ideas to come in instead of just really going off of just what one man wants and catering to his fucking ego and, and you know, tickling the nutsack if you will, of Vince McMahon. Now we're in a new era of WWE where the possibilities are endless. And it's going to be under the guise of, of Paul Levesque, not Vince McMahon, not Bruce Pritchard. Thank God not Bruce Pritchard. But when you see it now, when you Look at it now. And when you look at the future of what the possibilities could be, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking proper booking for NXT UK, NXT UK getting a little bit more into the forefront, you know, NXT now under the guise of Triple H, you know, bringing back the essence that was the black and gold back into what is Nickelodeon 2.0. And I pray on, I pray to Savage. Y'all, y'all know, I, you know, I pray to, you know, Macho Man, Man Macho Man Randy Savage. You know, may Savage bless you. Amen. Um, but I pray to Savage one time that NXT goes back to what it was, to what it stood for, and which is 
proper booking of wrestling and shows that were captivating and maybe and maybe want to discuss them week after week after week on the YLP podcast. Savage, I come to you and ask you that I hope NXT and NXT UK get more of shine and that we actually get to see more of that and see better programming for Raw and for SmackDown. In Savage name we pray, amen. This is just going to be... This is the transitional pay-per-view, if you will. I know people don't like hearing transitional, especially if you're talking about the recession, but we ain't going to talk about that. This ain't that show, and we ain't got time for that. But after tonight, 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 for me personally, the way I see it is the true end of the Vince McMahon era in WWE. Tonight, this is it. It wasn't last Friday. It wasn't it wasn't Raw. You know, on Monday it wasn't SmackDown from last Friday or yesterday. Right now, this very moment, tonight is the end of the Vince McMahon era. And I'm being generous in giving this man a pay-per-view because of course, he created I believe it, if I'm not mistaken, he created SummerSlam. Um and plus the big four and all that good shit, which is what they used to build too. But we ain't going to talk about that right now because I ain't got time. But this tonight is the end of the Vince McMahon era in WWE. From henceforth, July 31st, 2022. Once the clock strikes midnight on July on tonight, when the clock strikes midnight, depending on where you are in the world, shut up. Vince McMahon era is over. I'm being generous enough to give this man a big four. I am that I'm, I'm gonna be that nice, you know, as courtesy, if you will, from him, to, from him to me, from me to him. I, I, English hard. Um, also, I'm looking at the pretty sunflower that Miss YLP uh, picked out uh, yesterday. We were doing yard work. Uh, the other day, I should say. Uh, we were doing some yard work, and she had the sunflower, and she gave it to me. I thought it was adorable, so I have it on my desk right now underneath my beautiful Peanuts calendar um, that I ever lo- I love ever, ever so much because it is my favorite comic of all time. Um, for those of y'all that don't know, I love me some Peanuts and Calvin and Hobbes, one of the best, two best comic strips in the game, and I don't give a fuck what no one says. <laughs> but this is this is literally the last hurrah for Vince McMahon. He will be I don't know where the fuck he lives, but let's just go with Titan Dallas. That's the only one I know of. He'll be some he'll probably be in his home in Connecticut where the fuck he lives. Sitting here tonight and knowing that what he built is now going to be taken to higher heights. We hope. Because and, and this this shouldn't be a bad thing for Vince McMahon in terms of, you know, what's going to happen tonight. This is now, I mean, honestly, I mean, we, we, I mean he should have let it go years ago. But I'm sure he's somewhere, you know, maybe, he, I, I'm, I'm thinking he was going to watch SummerSlam tonight. I really do think that, you know, because, I mean, he built that. He built WWE for 40 years. This was his everything. Through the good, the bad, and the desperately, hilariously, amazingly ugly, he's done it. He's gone through it all. All the scandals, all the nonsense, the bullshit, all the weak shit, all the booking nonsense, all the good booking shit. Montreal screws up. Um, but throughout all of that, 
Vince McMahon is going to be home tonight watching this show and thinking, damn, I'm about to get outclassed. Um, <laughs> I'm going to help so bad. Oh, God, help me. Savage, help me. Um, but yes, Vince McMahon will be home. He will be watching. He will be watching the future of what should be and what the possibilities are now that he's gone in WWE. And that starts tonight. Now, this card is a card. It's got some things on it. Now, I did say last week, you know, this card is a little bit better than what I thought it was going to be. Um, granted, we have a good amount of championship matches. Of course, we have Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey. We have Bobby Lashley and Theory in a rematch. We've got the um, Undisputed Tag Team Championship with Jeff fucking Jarrett as the special guest for, who's who's uh, I swear I mean who who thought this was a grand idea who thought this was the move okay now mind you he's he's got you know the match in, uh with Ric Flair um tomorrow uh the end you know him and Jay Lethal taking on uh Andrade El Idolo and Ric Flair in Ric Flair's rat last match and I'll be saying something towards the end of this segment for that stick around for that but this card is is all right. It could be something of wonderful. And I mean, I mean, I'm looking at the Miz with Champa, and I'm just just like, <sighs> anywho. But this is the way I see it. Again, this is the last full show of the Vince McMahon era after we hit midnight on July 30th. And go into July 31st, into August, and the build towards Class of the Cash on, I was going to say Memorial Day weekend, on Labor Day weekend, that's when we will begin to see the beginnings of the Triple H era of creative. May it ever be fruitful because I already have seen the proof. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm thinking right now. That's my thoughts going into this. I do not give a fuck about Pat McAfee and Happy Corbin. That is just hilarious. Um... But there are some are some possible gems on this card. Let's not get it twisted. You, I mean, yes, I will shit on the card if it needs to be shit on. But there are some possible gems and a possible good amount of Dark Horse matches of the night that could be there. I mean, Mysterio's and Judgment Day. That's not a bad look. That's honestly, I mean, this, I mean, granted, Sans Finn Balor being leader of Judgment Day and that making no sense whatsoever. There, this match could be a dark horse for match of the night. I mean, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey could possibly be a dark horse match of the night. Yes, I said that, and it's something you're going to have to deal with, so get over it. Um, Bel Air Lynch is just the one match I really don't give a fuck about, given the fact that all I want to see is Bel Air out the fucking way. It's just, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll I mean, not Belair. I mean, Lynch. Belair, we go with. Lynch, get the fuck out of the way. We'll discuss that when we get to that point, though. And then, of course, you have the last man standing match and the looming idea of theory. And as you heard, before we began uh, the main event segment, Mr. Fretz wonderfully uh, posed this uh, situ booking situation. If you heard it, awesome. We'll discuss that when we get to Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Um, we'll talk about the theory thing because, I mean, he does. Fretz does this. Every freaking time. And when he does like situations like this and he books it, I'm not going to lie, he's a damn good mind. He's a damn good mind. And he has an idea of, of 
I'm gonna put it like this. It's not a way to piss me off, but it makes me think about it in a way maybe I wasn't thinking about it. That's how in my mind Fred's books. He doesn't do it. To, he doesn't do it to piss me off, but he makes me think about it for a hot second while not being mad. And that's and that's a compliment. I promise you, Fred's it's a compliment. In my weird morbid sense of humor, we're just gonna run with it. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to do the damn thing and do some predictions. With the best theme music in the business, that being the Price is Right theme song, I know how I get down. Go every single time we do predictions here on the YLP Podcast. The goal is to go undefeated 8-0. And And last week, we pulled it off. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, mind you, some people will probably put an asterisk next to it because other matches were added day of death before dishonor do i care no because as i said i did these predictions without anything else being on the card i didn't know at least three of matches were going to be in the card but that's usually on the pre that's going to be on the pre-show and that didn't count i'm bas- i was basically going off of the card that ring of honor put out on their twitter and i posted to my instagram had to drag your meme sorry dude um but yes I went off the seven matches that were advertised for Ring of Honor. Death Before Dishonor last week. And we did it. Ladies and gentlemen of the YRP universe, it's been quite some time since yours truly has done the deal. The 7 and O. The last time we went undefeated, I believe, on this podcast was over a year ago. When I went five and zero on takeover predictions, that was before my three. Actually, wasn't. Anywho, it was before the three hundredth episode of the YLP podcast, and I clowned Ricky Rose, King Ricky Rose, because of it, going five and zero, and it was quite lovely, uh, me doing that. And it has been almost at least over a year since this has happened, and now we did it. Seven and O on our predictions last week. I do not know the record for the year because I do not keep count. Mance, I don't know how you do it. But will we go eight and O? Can we do it? Can we possibly run the table two weeks in a row? Hell no. You don't know damn well I ain't going to do that shit. But we're going to do our damnest to do it anyway. <laughs> Let's get into the predictions and of course, usually we go bottom to top, but they have it actual in order somewhat. Let us begin, though. Logan Paul versus The Miz with Champa. To be honest, this is not a match I'm big on, but this could be a match where it could be nice, nice. And I'm saying that... Um, that this could actually be a fun match. Can it be a dark horse match tonight? It has the possibility to do so. I trust Miz to do right by Logan Paul. Logan Paul will do right by Miz, and this will be a decent match. I would like this to be the opener. Personally, personally, yes, I that. Personally, this should be the opening contest of the evening. Nothing more, nothing less. Let the, it's going to be a hot crowd in Nashville. Give the people what they want. Let Logan Paul versus The Miz be the opening matchup for this and let these two just go. Here's what I think will happen, though. I'm going with Logan Paul to win. I'm going to tell you why. Champa, you honestly believe. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up wait, wait, wait a minute. 
do you honestly think for one second, now that Triple H is at the helm of WWE Creative, that he's going to keep Champa with The Miz? No, 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 no. Here's what's going to happen. Champa's going to turn on The Miz, beat the living hell of him. Hopefully we, hopefully we get the psycho killer Champa, because that would be just great. And actually make him Tommaso Champa again, because we don't do that one name shit. He is Tommaso Champa. Have him as Tommaso Champa and bring back the psycho killer. I would like Champa to turn on the Miz, have Logan Paul beat the Miz, and then we get a possible program with the Miz versus Champa. And then Champa just destroys the Miz as the psycho killer, no one will survive version of Tommaso Champa, because that would be fucking great. I'm going with Logan Paul to beat the Miz though. Because I think that just out that just makes the most sense um, for a show like SummerSlam. Fight me. I'm kidding. We ain't got time for that. We got things to do, people to see, and all that stuff. Anywho, going into the SmackDown Women's Championship match, Liv Morgan, the new SmackDown Women's Championship, defending her title against the supposed baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey. Now, if y'all are expecting Ronda Rousey to win back the championship, I don't think you've been paying attention. Um, <laughs> Lest we forget, Lest we forget, Ronda Rousey went to bat for Liv Morgan. Went to WWE. Pitched that she become the SmackDown Women's Champion. If that is not a clear-cut indication that Ronda Rousey is good with or without the championship, I don't know what to tell you. Because I'm going with Liv Morgan to retain. I think this is going to be one of those matches where Rousey's going to beat the living hell out of Morgan and she's going to show, and Morgan's going to show her resolve of being a babyface champion, of being there, you know, for, for the people. Not the people power, but for the people. I think Morgan's going to retain. It just makes sense. I mean, there's no reason for her to lose the title four fucking weeks after she cashed in on Rousey and won it. And I want her to win clean. I don't want no Natalia shenanigans. I don't want no buffoonery. I don't want none of that shit. I want Liv Morgan to show WWE and the entire world that on her best day as champion, she can beat one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. Period. Have you? I mean, hell, she said some shit at UFC press conferences. Um, yeah. So. And honestly, Rousey with the championship just makes sense right now. Because given the fact that Charlotte Flair is going to be coming back in the future, I know they're going to be setting that up probably for Clash at the Castle. You know, why have Morgan deal with that nonsense? It's a new day. Yes, it is. And Morgan with the championship on SmackDown is good. Rousey Flair, if they decide to pull that shit... By all means, do it at Clash of the Castle, but you don't need a championship for it. Liv Morgan retains. If she goes on to face Natalia in her next feud, so be it. That will make all the sense in the world. And we'll go from there and we'll talk about Clash of the Castle when we get there for Labor Day weekend. Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Versus Theory for the United States Championship. Now, I stated on my, uh, pre, or my review for Money in the Bank that Bobby Lashley really didn't need this title. He didn't. He never needed it. It just didn't make any sense. Theory could have won by shenanigans. Bomb him upside the head with the briefcase. You know, A-Town down, one, two, three. Theory retains and becomes Mr. Money in the Bank. It just made sense. That made the most sense in the world. But now we are here four weeks later, and Lashley is United States champion. So what do we do? 
We made the easiest pick in the fucking world, and we go with Bobby Lashley to retain. Because they're going to be doing the the whole, you know, is Theory going to cash in on Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar in the last man standing match? That's going to be the main focus. Lashley's going to retain the championship, even though, honestly, he doesn't need it. He should be gunning for Roman Reigns and the Universal Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. So, I don't know what you want me to do. Bobby Lashley retains, beats Theory, and we go from there. Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. This the only here okay. The only reason I'm into this match is because I want to see Pat McAfee's fucking entrance again um, in Nashville. Because I know Nashville's gonna rock the fuck out um, to Seven Nation Army from the White Stripes, and that's gonna be fun because I'm gonna rock out too. And because that's that's the jam right there. That's the joint. That's the jam. Turn it up and play it again. Type shit. And um, there's only one. The only real. That's the only one reason why I'm interested in this match. Not Happy Corbin. Fuck Happy Corbin. He he deserves to get released uh, within the year. Um, that's just how I feel about that. It, he just. I mean, as Baron Corbin, when they had him properly in NXT and built him decently, I fucked with him. But this shit they're popping off, it don't. The character. Now, my, uh, mind you, it's the character. Not the man. Happy Corbin as a character, trash. Um, you know, the person that's not, you know, Happy Corbin, the man, I'm sure is a great guy. But, you know, they're going off, you know, them being in Colts camp together and Corbin didn't hack it and all this shit. I just want Pat McAfee to get his dope-ass entrance, be Happy Corbin, and I can just laugh my ass off the entire time. We will move on. The Mysterios versus Judgment Day. No disqualification tag team match. This... Ladies and gentlemen, it's getting my stamp for Dark Horse match of the night. I think this is going to be a dope-ass match. I think this is going to be fun. I think this is going to be great. I don't know if they're going to turn Dominic Heel, but at some point, they might do it. If they do, could it be tonight? I wouldn't be surprised. That would be pretty fucking cool. You know what I'm saying? It'd be cool if they did it. I'd, I'd be for it. I'd be, I'd be doing this. You know, doing the cabbage patch and shit. If that were the case, um, will it happen tonight? No, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because Edge is gonna return and screw over Judgment Day and Mysterios and all that shit. Um, it's been reported that Edge was supposed to show up on Monday. That didn't happen. They wanted to wait, I guess, for SummerSlam. So if SummerSlam is gonna be the night Edge makes his return, he should be the one screwing over the Mysterios, uh, not the Mysterios, screwing over Judgment Day. And having the Mysterios win over Judgment Day. I'm going with the Mysterios to win by that. Now, Beth Phoenix is supposed to be going there too. I don't know if it's a, that's a thing. Take what I say with a grain of salt on that. But if they both show up, that could lead to something possible, you know, Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. And I, one, would be here for that because um, that would be a nice little, you know, just seeing Ripley and Phoenix face off against each other. I think I would be there for that and yeah, all that good stuff. But I'm going with the Mysterios to defeat Judgment Day at SummerSlam. We then go to the tag team match for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. Jeff Jarrett as the special guest referee. Again, I ask, whose mans is this? Whose mans? Whose fucking mans had the bright goddamn idea to have Jeff Jarrett, J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T, Jeff fucking Jarrett, as special guest. Who? Who? It wasn't my idea. Wasn't any, hopefully any of the, uh, Radio's idea. That was a Vince idea, probably, for sure. 
Jeff fucking oh, okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's let's just okay. Let's just go for it. We'll, we'll try. We'll try. Turn this up a little bit. Anywho, Uso Street Profits. Do we get another match of the year candidate like I've heard from FTR versus the Briscoes? I hope so. I think that's going to be great. I think it'll be a great match. I'd be here for it. I'm sure you'll be there for it. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Um, I'm going to enjoy myself with this right here. Because I'm going. I'm still going to go with the Usos to retain um, by possible shenanigans. But I think this is going to be a banger match. I think this is going to be so much fun to watch. The money in the the match of money in the bank was absolutely brilliant. It was just produced well. Had it, it felt like NXT. It just felt like NXT matches. It just felt like DIY versus FTR for the tag titles at Takeover uh, Toronto. It, it just felt like that. It was just that beautiful. And I think they can recreate that magic. This is definitely going to be a hardcore candidate for match tonight for yours truly, as I am a big advocate for tag team wrestling. Um, I am going with the Usos to retain. I think there's, I don't think there's going to be shenanigans in this one. There's not going to be a shoulder up um, for anything to happen. I th- I'm not saying there's going to be a turn. I don't think there's going to be a heel turn um, tonight with the Street Profits. I know there's reports out there of Montez Ford, you know, becoming a singles guy and all this shit. And I've actually gone to MerceYT13 on Twitter, oh, not on Twitter, on YouTube, and seen what a possible breakup of the Street Profits looked like. And I'm not even going to fucking lie. It's damn fucking good. Uh, go to his, go to that motherfucker's YouTube, Murphs, M-U-R-F-S-Y-T-13, and check that video out. It is absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, but... As far as I see it, I don't think there will be a turn tonight. I don't think there will be any turn whatsoever. Street Profits will lose either by clean or by Jeff Jarrett shenanigans. I'm not sure. It would be hilarious if he, if someone got the fucking uh, guitar shot with the stroke. Just saying. But I'm going with the Usos to retain and keep the uh, Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. Um, but as far as it goes with the tag teams, they're going to need to start building up that division again. They need to desperately and hopefully after tonight we start to begin seeing the resurrection and the uh renaissance of the tag team division in main roster we'll see we then head over to the raw women's championship and the reason i paused here ladies and gentlemen of the ylp universe is because i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna level with y'all real quick i am tired of this feud. I am t- quite tired of this feud. It ends tonight. If it doesn't end tonight, we're going to have problems and there will be words on next week's episode of the podcast on August 6th. Um, the same night as Battle of the Belts. Will I be doing predictions for that? Probably not. Um, because it's just news and then I want to talk about SummerSlam. But I'm going to put to this. Let me, let, me, let me grab the mic and talk to y'all real quick. I'm going I'm to grab this mic. This is the second time I've actually done it today. On this episode, actually third, but who's asking? Um, I'm gonna put it to you like this: Bel Air retains. That's my prediction for the matchup. The key here is that this feud needs to end. They had their chance to do it at Hell in a Cell, and they didn't do it then with the triple threat. They should have ended it there and allowed Asuka and Bel Air to face each other at Money in the Bank for the championship. And Rhea Ripley unfortunately got injured, so she was supposed to be at Money in the Bank, and that didn't happen. The move here, the next move for Clash at the Castle, is Bel Air versus Ripley. 
if we're going to do continue on with this, Bel Air needs to retain. Lynch needs to go somewhere off in the distance away from the title picture as much as possible. And Ripley versus Bel Air should be the next feud for the Raw Women's Championship. If we're going to do this shit, let's do it fucking right. Bel Air retains. All right. Main event of SummerSlam, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And we had the booking that you heard before the beginning of this segment. Fresh proposed the theory idea. And I'll, to be honest, I'm here for it. I'm there for the idea. I love the idea. It's a fantastic booking call. But here's here's my thing. I have stated that in, in my Money in the Bank review a couple about three weeks ago, that they have done that done something. They need to do something that hasn't been done in five years. That is a failed cash in. The last person to do it, of course, happy fucking Corbin. And the reason, I mean, don't get me wrong. Fred's booking idea is fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Because it it gives a, it's not like the clear out, but it's a wonderful out. Because because he said, he has Heyman turning on Roman and becoming the mouthpiece for Theory. It's wonderful. That would be fantastic. Even though we all know Austin Theory on the stick is freaking dope. Okay. But here's how I see it. Here's how I see it. Because I've kind of been racking my brain about this the past couple of days. And the way I'm thinking about it is that Roman Reigns should beat Brock Lesnar and retain the championship. The only way they could have Theory become WWE, undisputed WWE Universal Champion, is during the match itself, making it a three-way Last man standing match for the championships. Would they do that though? And honestly, the possibility is there. The possibility is there. Now, what we're doing here in predictions is we're predicting the match themselves. I'm not predicting any type of tonfoolery. I'm not predicting cashes. I'm not predicting anything. I'm going with Roman Reigns. To retain the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. As far as. As far as the. Cash in goes. Let the chips fall where they may at that point. If Theory becomes champion tonight. Let the chips fall where they may at that point. But as it stands between just the match itself. And the prediction that I do. And I'm just going off match. I'm going with Reigns to retain. Because we don't need Lesnar as champion anytime soon, if ever again. End this feud. Do literally end this feud. And then, in terms of cash-ins and you know theory becoming the new champion, if it happens, holy fucking shit! Holy shit! Because that would be a turning WWE on its head immediately. Immediately, that would be absolutely fucking wild. Okay, 
But in terms of the match itself, I'm going to go with Reigns to retain and end this fucking nonsensical feud. And let's head into Clash of the Castle with some, you know, better insight into what will be the future of WWE after tonight. Because like I said, this is the last night of the true last night of the Vince McMahon era. On July 31st, we begin anew. On August 1st, we begin the real, true, hopeful new era of WWE. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 344 of the YLP Podcast. When we come back, as always, we're closing out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 345 of the YLP Podcast. We'll be right back. Guys, that's gonna be it for episode 344 of the YLP podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast, and as always. I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode, or any of the other 343 episodes of the YLB Podcast, do not hesitate to hit your boy up with an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice comment over on, like for Mr. Fred's did on today's episode, over at anchor.fm slash younglionsperspective, anchor.fm slash Radio. Leave your comments over at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Anywhere else you listen to this podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, I do have social media stuff. Not as often, but you know what I'm talking about. If you want to follow me and all that stuff, you can find me over on Twitter at YL Perspective. It's capital YLP Perspective. I'm also on Instagram over at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective over at Facebook. Yes, I still have a page there. As long as I have a page there. I can't delete my Facebook. But there will be a day. Until then, you can find me over there on Facebook. Simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Follow me on all those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you you know if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, DMs. Send in a text message. Carrier pigeon, those cool, like, you know, tunnel thingies. You put a message in there, it shoots up. You send it to somebody over on the other side of the bank. I don't care how you send it. Just get the word out there. Share this episode across all your social media. Let the people know about the YLP podcast. Also, share the love with the rest of the rest of the radio family and share their episodes as well. Because with the YLP podcast, the Brace for Impact podcast, the Frontsmania podcast, and the Kings of the Rings podcast, we here at Wrestle Edit Radio strive to give you the very best and top-notch quality entertainment every single week to be seen as the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. The best of the best. The top of the pops. Numero uno to be recognized then, now, and forever. The alternative for professional wrestling podcast. And to remind you that we are here to stay. Of course, as most of y'all know, you're probably not listening to this on the Anchor app. I have checked the numbers. The majority of you do not. And that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings whatsoever. But 
if you aren't listening on the Anchor app, there's plenty of other options, when you tell your friends, of course, of where to find the YLP podcast. Because I'm not just on anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. You can also find this podcast on anchor.fm slash Radio over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. And again, shout out to Will Terry Shook for running the show over there at APS. But also you can find our pod, this podcast on Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, and shout out as always to the Podbean gang, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, CastBox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for this podcast in the entire WrestleAddict Radio family across all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. I'm going to look over to the judges to ensure I fulfill my obligations and duties for this week's episode, looking to the country of Spain. It's been a while since we've actually been checking out the Spain judges, and I believe I'm getting a thumbs up from them. We're all good. So, what's on tap next week? Next week, of course. All the news that's fit for me to talk about on episode 345 of the YLP podcast. We're going to be doing a brand new episode of News of the Week. But also, we will be doing our SummerSlam 2022 review. I'm kind of looking forward to it, depending on how SummerSlam goes. But I'm still going to be talking about it um, in full. Everything that's going to go down. I'm quite excited. Again, this is the first, well, the last technical pay-per-view of the Vince McMahon era. I'm giving him that much. But the first pay-per-view without Vince McMahon at the helm. It's going to be interesting to see how we do this going forward. This is a big four event. Very big time deal in Nashville. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how everything that has panned out in the last week turns out for SummerSlam tonight. Enjoy the living hell out of it, though. It's going to be a grand time. All around. So that's what's on tap for that. But before we get out of here this week, um, I, I was going to say in the last segment, I forgot to. That's my bad. Um, but tomorrow is Ric Flair's last match show. Ric Flair officially having officially retiring from in-ring competition. The man said he'll be working in this business until he's dead. Well, sometimes you know when it's time to go. And tomorrow is when Ric Flair is going to be leaving the industry in terms of in-ring competition for good. Um, to Ric Flair, thank you for the for your decades of service. To entertain the fans, piss us off, do your craziest, dopest promos. Thank you, Ms. Ric Flair, for what you have done for this business. Uh, the influence you have on this business is second to none. Um, and to do it with your son-in-law is a pretty cool fucking thing too. Um, to do it with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, make a little bit of a storyline out of it is pretty darn fucking cool. Um, they, how they've approached that. So, um, this is going to be, uh, I mean, this is for all of us, but this is for Rick. This is Rick Flair's legitimate last match. Um, it is also during Starcast weekend, so that's a big fucking deal as well. Um, and I know there's a lot of uh, shows going on, Music City Mayhem for New Japan, all this stuff. But the main focus on, besides SummerSlam, should be on Ric Flair. Um, I expect him to bring everything he's got. I hope he does the flop. I, you know, that, you know, I know Jeff, Jarrett Lethal and, uh, Andrade are gonna do their damnedest to make this one for fans to remember. Um, to Ric Flair for your years of service, to everything you've done for this industry, thank you for everything you've done for this industry. And, I mean, hopefully, you know, there will be, I mean, you've influenced so many people, myself included. Um, and, in, you know, we've enjoyed what you've done for this business. Even recognizing you from WCW, 
Um, personally, is when I first got to know Ric Flair. You know, he's a big like he's you know he's you know with him with the Four Horsemen and all and all that. You know, in WCW, I thought that was pretty darn cool. And it's really amazing that you know tomorrow is going to be the last time we see Ric Flair in a professional ring. But for those of you who will be at the show or who will be watching it, um, enjoy it, enjoy that moment. Uh, Ric Flair, again, thank you for everything you've done for this business. As far as in-ring goes, I know you'll be around the ring doing what you do. But as far as in-ring competition goes, what you've done over the years in in in-ring competition, thank you, Ric Flair, for what you have done for this business. And uh, I know for a fact that you're going to give everything you've got in your last match. Other than that, y'all, I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm doing some grilling with myself and Miss YLP and the family and all that good stuff. Enjoy SummerSlam. Enjoy Ric Flair's last match if you're going to be watching it. Enjoy your weekend as it as it pretty much is in, in proper wealthy fashion, of course. If you're going to be going out this weekend, of course, make sure you take that Uber or Lyft home. Don't need to worry about no five-figure uh, deal with the DUI nonsense. Don't do that to yourself and your family and all that. You know what I'm talking about. Again, Enjoy your weekend. Have a very productive, kick-ass, fruitful week. Do great things because we can do our things when we put our minds to it. And I trust that y'all actually will do that. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And I'll see you guys right back here next Saturday for episode 345 of the YLP Podcast. See you. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.